Hello, Waterloo Road fans. It's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping by, as always, before we get going, to tell you about our Patreon page. Patreon, as I am sure you know by now, is a subscription service where you can get loads of extra stuff from Luke and myself, including extended versions of all of our interviews. There is a new one in the can and coming very soon. Reviews of other school-based shows, Waterloo Road Awards, our fan fiction, loads of stuff, as well as some great stuff for Christmas that we will hopefully be able to record very soon indeed. And so if you want to access all of that stuff, all you have to do is go to Patreon dot com slash waterloo road pod and i would like to thank those of you who have already hit the subscribe button so thank you to matthew kumar to lucy to emily berry to becky to eliza who is at waterloo x road underscore on instagram thank you to claudia graham to eve to tom percival to georgia leah who is the avocado bath on both instagram and tiktok thank you to joe buckle to emmy to Helen, who you can find on Instagram at red.head.red. Thank you to Lottie Smith, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Maddie. Thank you to Mel, to Lou Parsons. And finally, thank you to Natalie, who is at Natalie the Book Reader on Instagram. Thank you to all of you for your continued support. And if you listening now would like to join that list of shout outs, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Waterloo Road pod. And now without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am Tom Beasley, your Waterloo Road super fan, joined by Luke Stevenson, as ever, to talk about our favourite TV show. I don't think that's true. <laughs> it's not true of either of us. <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's my favourite TV show that I'm watching. Um, <laughs> No, none of that's true. Why are you lying to people? Hey, of- you you just wait for net for 2023, Waterloo Road in the era of peak TV. Forget uh, House of the Dragon, forget the Rings of Power. This, this was in the era of peak TV. Game of Thrones was on the air. Breaking Bad was on the air. <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. And Waterloo Road with a rightful place among them. Um, so Nikki's in the head turns straight in there. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't see that. I'm not paying attention she's, to this anymore. She's she's co- she's co-head turning with Janice. That's it. Because I definitely saw Janice's head turn, but yeah, because she's Janice always got, got co-head turns. I think I'm <laughs> Janice got. Right now. She got two episodes. Janice did a bigger solo head turn. Yeah, because she was with Linda. Then Linda went away, and she's had two episodes on her own, and now she's been with Nikki. I love that because some of the head turns are like naturally in the show. That yeah. one is not. So I love the idea that it was like a head turn filming day. And yeah. Chelsea Healy's like, oh, what's on my schedule? I'm not another bloody head turn. <laughs> also, two characters who, as far as I know, have not yet interacted. No. And if they ever interact, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Um, the uh, subtitles. Uh, see, I'm not paying attention to the head, head turn, but I know that the subtitles correct Candora to Pandora. Yes, I noticed that. The subtitlers don't care about licensing agreements, do they? No, they don't. We're, we're the BBC, we can do what we want. Yeah, yeah. In, in the episode where it calls Candora a crooked company. Yeah. 
So, someone just realised how much a Pandora charm costs and go, screw these guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do them, I'm going to use all of my soft power at the BBC to subtly undermine <laughs> them. Um, so we see, uh, is it, episode starts with Zach has written something uh, anonymously, a play called Underdog. And then he's worried that he's not Jez's son, seemingly because they don't share moisturiser. Is that that seems to that, that he seems to be he's that watched series be, one of Game of Thrones or the hair is strong. Eventually, it takes I think 35 to 40 minutes of the episode for his hair to come up. At the beginning, it's um uh Jez has been like preening in the mirror, and then he goes to Zach and says, Oh, you can't go to school like that, etc. etc. And Maddie goes, Gosh, it's like you're not even related. No, it's Sean, in fact. Sean goes, it's like you're not even related. Imagine if you took like anything, like, any offhand comment like that as personally as Zach takes it in this episode. You never get anything done. <laughs> yeah. Never introduce um, Zach to WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my finger, I, I broke a bit of my fingernail off. Better Google it. Oh, I'm dying. Um, at the school, we see an interaction between Trudy and Naz, where Trudy is really mean to Naz. And sleeping with Finn has had a horrible effect on Trudy. Well, as we know, <laughs> sleeping with Finn has a horrible effect on... Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible what... the power he has. The last person was disappeared. Yeah. One person died. <laughs> yeah. Just shocking. to do stuff with Nassim, but they're never actually doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. They go, should we give her some character this week? Nah. Yeah. Offhand comment about this? Nah. <laughs> Um, so uh, we see Matt uh, uh, at the hospital, and uh, Martha is 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 off her incubator, and she's going to be okay. Um, and he says that the fatherhood is the best feeling ever. I think there's a lot of really good work from Chris Gear as Matt Wilding in this episode, with the thinnest material ever. Yeah, I think, I think he does really well here. Yeah, you know, to be fair, if I was having to read this as an actor, if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying. So. <laughs> He does a good job of it. I think it's a really stellar week for Matt. So we see, we learn that Josh has been sober for a week, um, but he has developed seemingly out of nowhere this intense paranoia about fire alarms specifically. He has he has a walking vision of that Frank advert. Yes. Remember the one where the guy went through everything at once? That's what happens to Josh in this episode. Yes. Yeah, I did enjoy when he first sees Finn and he feels happy and Finn goes, oh, you someone's happy. You stoned again. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, because, it's because Finn is like teetering back into bad boy mode because he's had sex recently. Yeah. Which is odd. You feel like it could be the other way around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah Kyle Stack, definitely not having sex. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A- and angry because of it. <laughs> Yeah, every day I'm thankful that we have restrictive gun laws in this country. Uh, yeah, he is <laughs> he's overcompensating with skens. <laughs> yeah. Now I have a question, and you feel I feel like you're the right person to answer because you're really oh god, boring. I am really so, boring. Yeah, that's true. Fair. They do they ask for a crossword clue. Yeah, two ac- two across the answer yeah. to everything. Yeah, yeah, forty two. Do yeah. they do numbers on the crossword? Because I was like, what other word has starts with two? What other word has a four in the middle? Does he, because he, he doesn't read out the number of letters, does he? Yeah, he does. Two across. 
No, two, two across is just the name of the clue. It's clue number two across. So it could be written 42. I prefer my bit about crosswords being incorrect, actually. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't listening closely enough. Maybe he does say it's like two letters or whatever. But, but, that would, okay. you, but then, you would be right to say that would be absurd. Yeah, and then, because 42 is hyphenated. So do they have hyphens in the crossword? No, but it would be, um, the number of letters would be such, such and such hyphen, such and such. See, so I, I defer to your, cross, your crossword expertise. <laughs> so Naz tells Zach that, oh, you're, uh, you know, I read your whatever. It's really good. Um, leave it for Mr. Wilding to, to have a look at. And then Zach's reluctant. So Naz, during the fire alarm, puts it on um, Matt's desk. Mm. This fire alarm, like, I don't know what fire alarms are like at your school, but I never just went. It's probably a test, isn't it? No, not a single time. Uh, You heard the fire alarm, you go, right, we get to get out of school for 15 minutes now by walking out to the playground. So let's just go out of school. And and in fact, we have seen this in this show before, that that's how the kids react to fire alarms. It's, yay, we don't have to be in lessons. Where this school has had more than one fire in it in recent history, I'd be very... um, Yeah. We have, oh, we do have a um, continuity error in this episode. Akin with the removal of Lauren's birthmark, I'm just going to say. Oh, akin, akin to that. Yes, indeed. So when the three o'clock fire alarm test goes off, the kids exit the science room and walk out of the door on the side of the building. (laughs) Now, we all know (laughs) when there's a fire alarm, that door needs to be not just bolted shut, <laughs> chained shut. I maybe after the <laughs> the great fire of 2010, they decided to make a change. They went, maybe it shouldn't be chained shut. I would watch 10 episodes. Maybe we can do this the next set of fan fiction. I want I would do 10 episodes into like the council investigation into the fire marshal <laughs> who said, I'm chaining this door shut and there will be no negative consequences to it. It opens. Bolton's blistered hands were burning <laughs> as he sat in the courtroom waiting to be called. Yeah. So the fire was caused by Maggie's uh, grill in the kitchen exploding. Michael is furious that the evacuation took more than 12 minutes. And so he assigns some student fire wardens Um. And for, for, their, for this year group, it's Kyle and Josh. And he says to Tom, he wanted to help Josh focus. And nothing makes you focus more than making you do a job with Kyle. And also never makes you focus more than the constant threat of being responsible for hundreds of lives in a <laughs> fire. And I wonder if he has an anxiety attack. I'd have an anxiety attack. So Zach is going to be playing football in PE. And Jez gives him a talk about how defenders are the real heroes. But that's ridiculous, right? Because you don't hide bad players in defence. You hide them up front. That's how it works. No, not not on the schoolyard, it's not. Yeah, I know that. But Jez Jez was a professional footballer. Because in the schoolyard, the best players want to play up front because that's where you get the goals. Yeah. And so the worst player goes in goal and then you work your way forward from there. It's a hierarchy. (laughs) But, it's um, just, but then it creates like his own like self-fulfilling like snake eating yeah. <laughs> because the best players are scoring the goals because the opposing team has their worst yeah. player in goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but Jez's defenders are the real heroes ethos means he's now on Gareth Southgate's backroom staff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All cutting. We need to get the World yeah. Cup content in. This is our World Cup special. 
this could happen as England lift the trophy. This episode yeah. could come out on the day. <laughs> No, this, they're, not this, lifting, they're not lifting this, the trophy and you can leave that in <laughs> yeah <laughs> this will come out after the nil nil draw with the usa i'm sure <laughs> and it will be fine <laughs> so zach is playing football he's struggling very badly um but we get down with the trumpets by rizzle kicks playing while this happens a disaster of a song <laughs> what a time now rizzle kicks is the only good song was like when they collaborated with ollie murs on heart skips a beat I saw Rizzle Kicks that one year I went to V Festival that I've spoken about before. <laughs> That's your one anecdote from it's life. It's my one anecdote. The, it's the, the one honestly, time I did something young and fun. <laughs> the content you got out of that one V Festival. <laughs> I like, you know what? Rizzle Kicks were really fun. Okay. I'll um, take your word for it. One of so, the girls on the t- opposing team looks like Beth Mead. I'm not the only one to thought that, right? <laughs> I, t- I didn't notice. Imagine if Beth Mead got her start playing football on Waterloo Road. That would have been amazing. That would be brilliant. The ages actually um, sync up as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Zach misses a sitter at one point, and Which Harley says, the, the, "The true crime there is that he's out of bloody position." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should not have the opportunity to miss a sitter. Um, and Harley says, "A girl could have scored that." Next, she's weird because <laughs> he's next to Naz. Who, who? It's fair to say could have scored that. Yeah, yeah. But, but is by all accounts very good at football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she knows Shearer has scored three hundred goals in the yes. Premier League. She, she does. Her character does. is football team. Yeah, but then Naz also makes a random comment about, "Oh, are you even related to your dad?" Yeah, again, it's it's an odd little kid of the week twist where yeah. the kids are being picked on, and just everyone's questioning his parenting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> The the guy they've brought in to fix the grill in the kitchen is uh, sexy Craig, who Janice immediately takes a fantasy a, a fantasy a takes fantasy a fantasy. She does. Let's say she does. She takes a fantasy yeah. to it. You know <laughs> that office gets quiet. She has a nap. Your mind wanders. Probably fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The only good bit of education this show has ever given is when Maggie says, "Never trust a man who winks all the time." I believe it. Yeah, it's a good line. It's a good yeah. line. Um. Because it's weird, because they do a whole bit where Craig is like, oh, you know, I don't do this that often because I run the business. As if to say, don't worry, viewers, he's not a common handyman. (laughs) (laughs) I can only assume we're seeing him again, because otherwise the amount of screen time given to this is ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Matt uh, says, he's read the thing very quickly. And then he interrogates his class like they're war criminals. Yeah. It's like a darkened room. He's like, who wrote the play? It was bloody brilliant. Who wrote it? Tell me, you little rats. Uh, <laughs> but he notices Naz sort of looking across at Zach and concludes that, that Zach did it. Talks He's to him the afterwards. only teacher who's ever noticed that, right? Yeah, when yeah, yeah. Them, when everyone is ever asking a question about someone and one person knows who it is, there's always the glance and no teacher ever sees it. Yeah, it's all. They must be glancing about something unrelated. Yes, it's an unrelated glance. Um, so Matt says to Zach, "Oh, you've got you've got real talent." And at lunchtime, we're gonna uh, do a read through of it. And Zach says, "Oh, you know, I don't want my dad to know about it. He wouldn't get it." Um, and then he confides to Matt that he doesn't think Jez is his real dad. This is when he points out he's the only ginger one in the family. Uh, the, uh, the the Prince Harry clause, I believe yeah. they call it. <laughs> The things you've come out of me saying for libel, <laughs> Jesus. 
I am not saying. <laughs> I'm not questioning Prince Harry's parentage. I am merely saying there is a long-standing debate about it. Make that the episode title, and then everyone will log on. <laughs> if it's called the Prince Harry Clause, we'll get. <laughs> Is Morgan all listen fuming? Um, so uh, Grantley has got Phoenix, Denzel, and Scout um washing cars to pay off the money this they took. Is utterly ridiculous. Everything because I don't want to talk about this plot again, so let's just go through it all right now. Okay, okay. so Grantley is extracting his ill-gotten gains through child yeah. labor. Um yeah. But then he's he's calling it charity. And then you also go, how many cars need washing in this staff-only car park? Um, and at eight pounds a go, therefore, the amount of money Grantley has in a sack at the end of the day feels wildly disproportionate to the amount of cars they've been able to wash either in that day or in a week. Yes. And then, so Grantley lies to Michael because he has to lie to Michael and says it's for charity. Michael says, "I'll take that for you." Maggie then goes over and goes, "No, it's, it's no, it's worse than that." Grantley doesn't immediately lie. He's backed into a corner because Michael finds the kids doing it, asks where the money's going, uh, assuming it's a charity, and then Scout says, "Oh, it's going to the children's hospice, I think." And then when Michael talks to Grantley about it later. He, he says, you know, how much did you raise? I hear it's going to the children's hospice. And Grantley can't then say no. But, <laughs> but then, then Michael says, I'll take the money. It's fine. I'll keep it in a safe deposit box, etc." Yeah. And then Maggie basically goes over. What we see off, what we hear off screen is Maggie goes over and goes, oh, this isn't for that. This is for Grantley to pay the care home fees for Fleur. And then Michael goes, okay, so you've been using child labor during school hours to make money for your own personal purposes. Yes. I'm all right with it. I sign off. Here's yeah. a sack of money. Go do that. Um, I, I did discover during this that Grantley has the same music taste as me. Right. Because they're sort of taking CDs out of his car and the names we hear are Elaine Page, Barbara Streisand and Westlife, which is pretty much my Spotify. I won't lie to you. Yeah. Mine's just Taylor Swift. As people know from our Instagram, <laughs> if you haven't yeah. figured out already, the <laughs> yeah. person posting Taylor Swift things is me. Yes. It, it's me. Hi. I'm the problem, isn't he? Yeah, that's a that's a reference. There you go. I need the Captain America. I understood that reference <laughs> thing. So yeah, and, and while they're doing this, Scout also nicks some of the the Candora cosmetics from the car. So uh, Maddie sees Zach selling his laptop, and he reveals he's selling it to pay for a paternity test. And he's he's already at this point acquired one of Jess's hairs. Yes. So. There's a lot in, of... in a little in a little baggie, which he presumably got from Josh. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because he goes into the science lab to get it, and at one point I was like, they're not going to have him do his own DNA test in the science lab, are they? I, that's I literally said that to my half. I think he's going to do a DIY DNA test. And you know what? That's more believable than him being able to send it off and get the results back in four hours. Yeah. There's no yeah. way you can trust any of those results. No. Um, so that morning, he's decided right. I'm going to do a DNA test. I need to get the money for one. So would he have texted a couple of guys and gone, right, bring in a couple hundred quid for my laptop, please? Because I don't know how much money you ever took to school, but I never had more than a fiver. And this was up until I was no. about 17, 18. No, I, I could buy some fruit pastels and a can of Coke. I would have struggled with a laptop. Yeah, yeah. 
just the kind um, of market that Ronan, maybe it's just because people are used to Ronan there, right? So yeah. Because <laughs> they're always serviceable goods. Yeah. It's like yeah. a market R- Ronan, store. Ronan could, on, on any given day, Ronan could bring in either some tubs, some tubs of fruits or a car. Yeah, <laughs> you have to prepare for every eventuality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is, is, is it a fruit day or is it a Burmabile day? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's right, the Trudy thing. I don't like this again. I said this earlier. Sex with Finn is a hell of a thing. Because <laughs> she she was mean to her sister. She's forgotten the anniversary of her mother's death. How good is he in bed? What does, what does sleeping with Finn do? It makes you forget. It clearly does. I wrote this down. It must do. <laughs> I like how we're default going, they're so good at it that people lose their memory rather than they're so bad at it, people block it out. Yeah. <laughs> very, very much giving them a free pass. Yeah, we are. We are. But so Trudy hears that Tarek and Naz have gone off somewhere together and then immediately remembers, oh no, I was having so much fun with Finn that I've forgotten the anniversary of my mother's death. <laughs> I, I, I cannot emphasize enough how stupid this is. Especially when it's like, because anniversaries of death, if, you, if, something, if it's something you don't note, I can understand forgetting it, but it's quite clear that their family has gone and done this every year. Right? Except for their dad, who, who oh, hasn't been cast. <laughs> I... I really odd i noted when they were there i was like the dad who seems to loom and rule over every aspect of their family life decides that he doesn't need to turn up and commemorating his dead wife yeah yeah there is a genuinely funny line though where they're putting the flowers on the grave and uh trudy goes oh mom liked these and Tarek just goes she liked custard too we're not putting that on her grave <laughs> so uh scout's face has gone blotchy yeah, I see. I don't really follow the logic of this at all because Scout, as we see in the earlier in the show, has makeup on. So yes. um, we know we know people who put makeup on. We do. <laughs> do you think in a million years they would just take moisturizer and go right? I'm slapping this on top of the makeup that I currently have on my face. No. So yeah. kind of Scout makes this hot mess for herself, really. Also, it's incredible that with with how widespread this business is throughout the school, that no one else has had. Yeah. So apparently, they've been selling these products to willing repeat customers for four weeks minimum, minimum, yeah. right? Because Maggie came back in episode one; she was already making a bag on it. And this is just like this hasn't happened already. Yeah. This one problem happened to happen on the day that the, they that Maggie had already found out that the company had gone under. Yeah, it's not like the company has a switch where it goes. Right, the products are bad now. <laughs> They're all self-destruct. Yeah. And um, there's the ludicrous, utterly ludicrous suggestion that Rochdale's police force are investigating. <laughs> They're after the salespeople of this dodgy Chinese pyramid scheme skincare firm. <laughs> this notion that they've got a sort of crack team who are going around ch- chasing down Avon ladies, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a little comedy bit about Tom having tuna in the deputy head's office. Yeah, tuna in a workplace. No, it's it's not ideal. It's not it's a ideal. War crime, actually. Yeah. Um. But bizarre. It's not clear why all of this scene has to happen in the deputy head's office. And also, the deputy head's office is framed now. It's like laid out very much like Michael's office. So I was like, why yeah. is Tom sat at Michael's desk eating sandwiches? Yeah. <laughs> So Matt 
Matt comes in, says to Jez that we're doing a re that Zach's written a play. We're doing a read through of it at lunchtime. And then he's like, I can't, I've got hockey practice. Like Jez is history's worst monster. We've said it before. He's a terrible parent. But why just like why are they doing a read through at lunchtime? So he's like, like he's got a play. He's Matt has been able to go go out and find and convince kids to give up their lunchtime to read through this play. It's not even for a performance. Yeah. Because like surely, because we haven't had a good end of year show in ages. No. The last one was when Kyle danced. And to be frank, that was embarrassing. Um, so yeah, just have no, yeah, we had oh. the we had the prize giving. Where they sang the Waterloo. They sang Waterloo. Oh, yeah, they went off for ages, didn't they? Yeah, they did the whole oh, song. I, blo- I blocked that out. <laughs> Have you had sex with Finn recently? <laughs> I wouldn't know if I had. <laughs> He's like shrouding his sex partner, isn't he? Because, because of his, uh, his power. You don't know whether you've had sex with him or not. <laughs> we must all assume at some point we've had sex with Finn Sharky. Yeah. And that's an episode um, title. <laughs> So yes, Jez says, Jez says, he reluctantly agrees to go along and miss hockey practice. Uh, he says, oh, I didn't realise that uh, uh, Zach was into all that arty-farty stuff. And then Matt's like, excuse me? And then just leaves. Yeah, weird. Yeah, that doesn't but really get addressed. Early, earlier, um, like, I know, just down, I didn't say it at the time, when Matt is t- saying to Zach, oh, we'll do something with it. And then Zach goes, oh, everyone will think I'm a loser. And then Matt goes, well, it is drama club, you'll be fine. It's like Matt reads them all for filth anyway. <laughs> and it's only when Jez is like, "Hey, this is a bit arty fight." He's like, "Excuse me, sir. This is the hu- this is this is the greatest place on earth." Yeah. So Scout goes and says to Grantley, "You know, my face has gone like this." And then uh, they find out that Candora. Grantley finds out that Candora has gone under, and then goes to see Maggie, who had tried to be talked to him earlier. And it turns out she already knew, and she was trying to tell him that it had gone under. They were untested knockoffs from China. And as you said, the police are tracking them all down. Yeah, the police are following the trail of the Chinese knockoffs. And Grantley calls her Muzcroft. I love a good Muz. Yeah, we haven't had a good Muz in a while. Yeah. It was Ms. Davenport, wasn't it? Was that series one, series two? So, hilariously, Michael knew about the anniversary of Trudy's mum's death, but Trudy had forgotten. It's like, why do you care about it? It's like, I make it my business to know all of these things. It's like... Which is a weird thing to say. It is, especially when we're six, eight weeks out from the time when you let a kid with a heart condition to play football. <laughs> yeah, slip, slip through the net, that one, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He keeps the risk of death post-its in the folder. He keeps the death of, he keeps the death of your loved ones on the front page. Yeah. It's stamped. Um, so they do a read through of Zach's play and it goes well. Um, and Jez says, Oh, you know, I'm really proud of you. And then he's like, his pager goes off. That's not a thing. What year is yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> is it is this the West Wing? Um, Shut up. What is this show? Was, I don't know who's paged him to say you're missing hockey practice. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one person who has a pager in that school, there isn't two. <laughs> Very odd. Very odd. So uh, Maggie is unhappy with with Craig, the, the sexy Craig, the the kitchen man. Um, Maggie appears to have destroyed her own grill. Yeah, and then gets furious at the person brought in to replace it for not fixing it fast enough. Yes, that that's pretty much it. Yeah. So at the hospital, um, 
Chalky is like taking photos of uh, Matt with Martha and it's all nice. And then we find out that Rosie is shagging Dr. Alex. Why not stripping? I, I don't feel comfortable saying it. Every single element of this is totally insane. It's crazy. Because at most it's been a week and a half or two weeks. So not only have they fallen in love, but what is it with characters in Rochdale wanting to move to Bristol and only Bristol? (laughs) But Bristol's so nice. I'd want to move to Bristol. Yes, I know. But there are other places. (laughs) Um, And then also, like, she's just had a baby with her friend. I presume she might have family in the area as well. But she goes, no, I've known this bloke for nine days. He seems sound. I'm going to move to Bristol with him. And take the baby and expect no consequences. I'm prepared to dress as Batman with Matt Wilding and go oh. to however many protests he wants. I'm, I've never been more on a <laughs> side than sleazy doctor abusing his position of power yeah. to exploit a woman in a vulnerable situation. A woman who's just had a baby that nearly died. Yeah, like, of, of all the pickup lines there is, is high, emotionally fraught woman, I just saved your baby's life. That's an effective pickup line. Come with me to Bristol. Uh, uh, back at the school, uh, Nikki is telling Tom that Josh seemed a bit like out of it earlier. Yeah, did he manage to kick it? Again, they want this to be heroin, but it's pre-Watershed. <laughs> yeah. And then we see Josh like uh, that. Uh, Sean's doing this like experiment with like a flame. Um, and Josh is stressing out about how it's going to set the fire alarm off. The question that Sean asks in that class, because she's saying, which element is this when she makes the colour of the flame? Did you know the answer? No, but I haven't done GCSE chemistry in 14 years. Because Finn, newly super smart Finn, he's like, that was easy, mate. (laughs) I would have got that. Kyle Stack would have got that. I mean, she just sprays it and it still looked orange. I don't know. Yeah, no, so I was I, I I was put out by that. So then we see uh sort of there's a bit of like chalky trying to sort of talk Matt down because Matt's going, Oh, I'm gonna get him struck off, which he should, because it's a hideous abuse of power. The GMC <laughs> would have something to say about this. Yeah, that would as someone who used to work in the trade press for a a, a um a, a sector that had the about power to strike people off. This would have yeah. been fantastic headlines. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, you, we, there would have been lots of stories about this. Yeah. So back in the science classroom, the fire drill has, has started, um, and they sort of say, "Oh, Josh, you're the the, the fire warden. Um, what should we do?" And then Josh runs and starts hammering the fire alarm with his hand until he bleeds, even though the fire alarm's already going. And then Finn sort of has a little scuffle with him and josh runs off yeah exactly this isn't like this isn't to say this explains josh's behavior at all but i do think it's mad that they have a fire alarm test in the morning give four kids responsibility for improving it and then test them on it in three hours time that would make me anxious and obviously there is something going on in josh which makes him more predisposed to being more anxious but like this is just an insane because obviously it all has happened in a school day, but it's all yeah. just an insane thing that would happen. Like no one is prepared in this much time, and, and to, well, to, to they pull it off to deliver <laughs> a ten-minute improvement. Yeah. 
in several yeah. hours. Imagine if they'd had a week to prepare. Yeah, yeah. But it just turns out they're all just taking lessons outside now. In the yeah, that's it. Fire. They should be out there well before the fire. Yeah. <laughs> they come back next week and Josh has, you know, put up um, gazebos. <laughs> the whole playground is just covered in gazebos that Josh now runs classes underneath because, oh, well, no fires here. Yeah. What I liked, I don't know how they got the time down so low because the, when Jez is leaving his classroom, because he's on the phone to like the DNA clinic or whatever, because he's found out from Maddie that it's happening. And there's a kid, a sort of a minuscule kid, the tiniest kid you've ever seen, just sauntering out of Jez's classroom. And it really tickled me. There's this extra having the best day of his life. It's like they like that, don't they, with the... Um... With the extras, none of them are ever of a consistent age, but more than no. one classroom where you go, well, that kid's 35, that kid's six. Yeah, yeah. No, I found that really funny. Um, <laughs> so I was uh, sat watching this episode uh, with my other half, who is a nurse, who had a lot of, a lot of thoughts about this episode. But she also said, it is hilarious how much Josh's hand bleeds. <laughs> They're like finding him by like following trails of blood around. Yeah. I remember once I had to go, uh, I cut my hand on a plate, daredevil story, um, at uni. And then I went to the hospital for it and it did, did stop bleeding after about half an hour. Yeah. And it was probably as deep a cut. I've still got a scar because I'm a bad man. Um, yeah. <laughs> that that would have been an addition to that scene from Jaws. <laughs> it's like tiger shark, thresher shark. <laughs> so Tom and Nikki find Josh by following the, the blood trails. Following, um, following the blood. Tom's there in a pool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, M- Michael says they've managed to evacuate an entire school. We know from dialogue earlier in the series that there's six or seven hundred pupils at this school. They get them all out in two and a half minutes. Because they don't bolt the doors shut anymore. <laughs> That's incredible. So uh, we see Jez uh, talking to Zach about the paternity test. And uh, Zach repeats what Matt had told him earlier about um, uh, if uh, Martha wasn't my biological kid, I might feel differently about her than I do. Um, and then conveniently, Matt appears. Yeah, it's, I also think that's an odd line to, step, uh, to take from Matt, who used to foster children. Well, quite. That is not consistent with what a foster parent believes. No, I don't think. But it, but it's the thing he needs to say for this storyline, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So Matt shows up, and Jez sort of has a go at him about it, and uh, Matt says, "Um, well, I'll never take my child for granted." Uh, and, and Zach has absolutely no self confidence in his talent, and it's all because of you. Which, to be fair, it is. That is all true. I do believe this. You know, Jez is. It isn't written this way because it's a badly written show. But I think you'd say that Jez is looking for a straw man here. And he goes, Matt, yes. I'm going to blame you for this, which is a totally innocent thing where his child asks a question, would you feel differently? And he gave an answer. That is not him commenting on whether Zach no. and Jez are actually related. It's no. him saying, I would feel differently, but that's not yeah. necessarily true for you. Nikki is talking to Tom about Josh saying, you know, you should take him to the GP. This behaviour is not normal, and Tom's upset about that. Matt brooding by the piano. And the single piano key press. Oh, it's a classic. That's the only reason to have a piano, right? Yeah. Is to broodingly press a single key. 
I was I was almost I know it was unlikely, but if he'd gone into the um, uh, epilogue from La La Land at that point, <laughs> chills. But uh, Rosie turns up because Rosie can access the school whenever she wants. Yeah, it's a free it's a free pass for her. Um, and she does this weird thing about saying, "Oh well, actually, I you know I thought you'd be relieved that I was taking your daughter away." <laughs> Because during the pregnancy, you expressed some fear about the prospect of becoming a father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good God, Matt. Pick a better mate. Come on. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, they have a little um, a little heart-to-heart. Matt says, um, you know, I-, I want to be able to cuddle her every day, and that's very nice. Yeah. Chris Gear is I- doing the most here, and it works. Yeah, because with the ridiculous material, yeah. she turns up and she's just like, "Look, I made a commitment to you. I'll leave him." And she's like, "What? What, what is there to leave? Go on a first date with him." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently, Doctor Alex is going to try and get work closer. Um, Matt says, "Well, I don't, you know, don't leave him. I don't want you to be lonely." Um, and then they like reconcile. She won't be lonely because you two bloody but- live together. But they reconcile in such a way that makes me think this might be the end of this story. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the end of the story, and I'm going to say it's the last time we ever see Martha. Yeah, that's yeah, it's kind of exactly. Like, it's one of those things. Those two are hugging, but you don't actually know what decision they've made. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. That's that done. That's and it's, the end. What of happened that. so quickly? What if they built it over a few episodes? It would have been nice, but no. In one school day, Matt learns that his <laughs> other half. Is it's actually says flipping lunchtime because he yeah. goes there at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, the photos this, are at lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, goes back, doesn't have a class, so it's presumably still lunchtime. And then she comes over, and then it's all resolved. That is the most turbulent <laughs> fifty minutes of any person's life. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're talking about Frankenstein in the book club, and earlier we'd seen an interaction between Harley and Grantley, where Grantley informs Harley that the book's changed and it's now Frankenstein. Yeah. Um. So Harley very quickly listens to Frankenstein on the, the MP3 thing. Yeah, I can tell you for a fact that the theme of Frankenstein is alienation because that's what I had to do my A-level essay on. Yeah, I, I did I did Frankenstein at A-level as well. Yeah. Was it alienation? It, we did Frankenstein and in cold blood. We tried Frankenstein and in cold blood. Yeah. In, and, and, and you know what? I didn't like Frankenstein much, but in cold blood is an excellent book. I don't need to reread it in cold blood because it's kind of like an early true crime thing. Like, I don't think I appreciate it very yeah. much at the time. Yeah, well, very much so. Very much so. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, I enjoy this interaction because it is the worst writing in the world. <laughs> There's some quite incredible cruelty from Grantley in this scene. Yes, incredible cruelty, but also that's just because Harley, he goes, Harley, what do you think? And he goes, yeah, I think he feels lonely because the person who created him hates him. He goes, oh, can you give an example? Or have you just read that from the notes? He goes, I think it's the bit in the book where he feels lonely because <laughs> the guy who created him told him he hated him. And then Grantley goes, yes, that thing on this page. It's like, what's happening here? Yeah. They couldn't think of an example, could they? No. <laughs> but then Grantley says, well, you know, you can read aloud. What this would prove, I don't know. He's literally only doing it to humiliate this poor kid who he knows is not an amazing reader. Yeah. Grantley's theory is that he couldn't have read the book. Now, yes. there are plenty of people who can read, but don't read out loud well. Yes, They're two absolutely. different skills. They're, they're a different yes. challenging thing to do. 100%, yes. But Harley, you know, says, you know, I, I'm the only one here that made the effort. Um, and, and, you know, I'm being punished for it. And then Grantley sh- sh- 
flips on a sixpence and is like, I'm now going to give you extra tuition to help with your reading. Yeah, I'll take you under my wing. So Finn goes and talks to Naz because Finn, God love him. His first instinct is to blunder into every situation. <laughs> try I'm to not gonna fix ask, it. I'm not going to ask my other half. I'm just going to go up to their loved ones yeah. and try and fix things. What didn't work with Tariq, Tariq might work with uh, Nassim. With Naz, yeah. And so Finn says, um, oh, you know, I understand what it's like not having a mum around to talk to. And Naz says, she your mom, yeah, yeah. Naz says, your mom died too. And I was, I, I giggled before the next line because I thought, no, but she does work. <laughs> <laughs> but Finn says, oh no, my, it's my girlfriend that died. And Naz is like, oh, I forgot. And Finn's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Until I read today's script, I had also forgotten. But it's weird because like, surely the poignancy is in Naz learning that information. Not remembering it having forgotten it yeah it's very weird but i guess because it wasn't there a thing with trudy as well where trudy learned about it yeah because trudy had to learn it because um trudy on her first day was flirting with finn and then finn sent her a request on pal page a pal request (laughs) sent her a pal request and his picture was him with sam and she was like you've already got a girlfriend yeah coming soon for x twitter users We should migrate to Pal Page. <laughs> but yeah, but but obviously, because even though Nas has only just joined the school for reasons, um, yeah. <laughs> we presume that her sister went back to when Nas was either at a different school or not at this school, just at home, and then told her this story. Yeah, I don't know. Let let's do the let's finish the Craig stuff. Craig bought Maggie a new grill. Fine. Janice asks him for to go for a drink, and he says no. And then he gives Michael a note saying he will go for a drink with Janice just tomorrow. Yeah, this apparently crack businessman spends probably what is more than his daily fee on buying a grill for a person. (laughs) Yeah. Because he didn't finish the task that looked quite complicated in two hours before lunchtime. So Jez is being a bit cold with Matt. But then they have a discussion and Jez says, well, actually, I'm now a bit unsure about Zach's parentage. Because, because my ex... there was a one or two month break. <laughs> yeah. Me and my ex were on a break just before she got pregnant. Just to give this and... nonsense plot a little <laughs> bit of legitimacy. And, and he, then he does say, you know, well, you know, my granddad had red hair. So that could explain that part of it. As if the thing with all, whenever any fiction does this paternity storyline, it's like no one ever learned about recessive genes at any point. No. <laughs> like... <laughs> Jez's wife yeah, yeah, is a yeah. science teacher. Yeah. yeah. They keep her so far away from this story because at yeah. some point she was going, hang on. <laughs> is this all because of your ginger hair? So uh, Jez then goes to speak to Zach and they're going to wait for the results together and they sit there to Lego House by Ed Sheeran. Yes. Another ginger who, does he know who his parents are? Who yeah. knows? <laughs> It's all the air. It's only other ginger kids where yeah. people go, oh, are they are they their, their actual children? Yeah. Mm, um, so Jez has Jez has gone and paid those kids to get Zach's laptop back. Paid over the odds for it as well. Do you know why? Because yeah. he's an ex-professional footballer who doesn't need to work as a PE teacher in Rochdale. <laughs> Would have been cheaper to just buy him a new laptop. Cheaper and better. Yeah. Um yeah. so he says, you know, I'm glad that you and I are different. Um, and I'm going to, you know, start reading your stuff if you want me to. I love you for who you are. 
And then he gets a phone call from Jeremy Kyle saying he is the father. Yes. Of the world's fastest DNA test company. <laughs> Based in Rochdale. Yeah. So close that Zach could walk his DNA there and come <laughs> back and not miss a second of schooling. Yeah. Uh, Grantly goes and apologises to Maggie. And as you said earlier, um, she has got the money from Michael and, and she gives it to him. Michael is pro-child labour. Yeah. Um, and then Grantly says, oh, he's had you know a call from the, the home. Fleur, they think she's got pneumonia. She's, her condition's yeah. worsened. At this point, I was like, are they just going to kill Fleur off off screen so that Grantly can yeah, have a love I, story? I sort of feared that was going to happen. But then the, the next episode looks like they're going to address all the stuff that we wanted them to address. So that's yes. quite exciting, I guess. Yeah. Um, then we get Josh and Tom at the doctors. Um, Josh is talking about how he, he feels things have like got harder for him. Um, the doctor says, I'm going to refer you to a psychiatrist. Um, try not to worry. Tom stays behind to talk to the doctor who says uh, Josh has got symptoms of a psychotic breakdown, which could just be a one-off or it could be a symptom of schizophrenia. Okay. It's, it's interesting they'll revisit this because they did schizophrenia and I think I remember a quite tasteless Kid of the Week episode, didn't they? So to bring yes. it back as like an actual running thing that they're going to go into in more depth is an interesting choice. Yes. Haven't they done it twice? Wasn't there one that was like non-specified schizophrenia-like condition? Yes. And then one was that like was... a postpartum schizophrenia. Yeah. Because there was one, one of them where was... they ended up in the ducts. Yes, that one... was Carla. Carla, yeah. and the, Carla and the girl in the boiler room. Yeah. And then and the there other was where the baby. Dangling, dangling the baby, Michael Jackson yeah. style. Yeah. yeah. Um, third That's time it. lucky. <laughs> yeah. I don't have much confidence with the doing a schizophrenia story. Uh, I don't either, but we're all on this journey together, I guess. Especially and as they're sort of c- conflating it with the drug use. Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, and then, but at least they might give it more time than a lunchtime, which was the full start and end of this map storyline. So, Well, my, my other thought about this was surely if anyone is going to be vigilant about a young person seemingly having like mental fog. It's going to be Tom who watched Sam have a fit in front of him, then be diagnosed with terminal cancer and die after experiencing not massively dissimilar symptoms. And Tom who had to help the paracetamol out of Mika's mouth when Mika Mika tried to kill herself. And Tom who witnessed his ex-wife actually kill herself. You just thought if anyone would be hyper vigilant, yeah, it would be Tom Clarkson. But, no, but because Tom is just differs between sensitive man at times and bloke, he's been for the last couple of weeks like, "What are you doing, Josh? This is all stupid. What are you doing, Josh?" But you just feel like he's going to do the right thing because Tom always eventually does do the right thing. But... Yeah, yeah, no, Tom, Tom always gets there. Yeah, but no, I was just I was watching it going. I remember this with Sam. Like there were a few weeks of her saying, oh, I'm struggling to see, I'm struggling to like mentally keep up my schoolwork slipping. Yeah. And then she collapsed. And so you'd have thought Tom would notice the signs. Is that, is it something that's kind of like a bit like of subtext Um, in when he stays back to ask the person, you know, it's just so I know to prepare myself. Maybe he's just reliving what happened with Sam, which is like, there's I guess going so. on in Josh's head and this happened with Sam and, and if you yeah. were being really generous to the show 
you yeah. could say that. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm really generous to the show. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, next time trailer, as you said, it's very focused on Fleur and Grantley. And as you said, I think it's going to explore the things we're sort of asking the show to explore. Um, there's also uh, there's some stuff with Josh taking pills, and there is some school paper drama, which I feel like they always yeah it's always used to sort of fill a narrative gap, isn't it? A bit of school paper drama. Yeah, maybe they'll rerun that piece about Bex running away. <laughs> yeah, blockbuster article. Maybe it'll be the return of uh, Brett Aspinall's newspaper. Was it called the Snapper? <laughs> Those were the days. Um, but yes, so that's that's where we leave this episode. Play out song. I think it's Ed Sheeran, isn't it? Yeah, we're in our Ed Sheeran era now. I mean, it, it feels wrong to be doing this 24 hours after I heard Matt Hancock singing Ed Sheeran on I'm a Celebrity. Well, it's your fault for watching I'm a Celebrity. Why did you do that? <laughs> but I, you know, I thought it was worth watching to see if Matt, Matt Hancock would cry and he didn't. I'm out of sight, I'm out of mind